Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. I need to change that intro, I think, until we know what's happening with our, with our friend anytime soon. Oh, I've got you on playback. The boys are back to talk all things Supercoach. Um, hopefully, Adriana fixes that. Um, give me a thumbs up when you're good to go. I am the Supercoach Whisperer. You're listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I'm joined by a man that I never thought... Um, I've still got you playing back there, mate. Um, I don't think I've, I would have put odds on you or I ever doing a, a pod together... Fast forward or think think back twelve months ago, there was. Uh, hang on, your yeah, I've got some playback from you, my man. I think we're good now. Are we're we good. Play? We're good now. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't think twelve months ago this podcast would have ever happened. But it's funny how things change, friendships happen, and and we build on those. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm super. Um, you know, not a bad start to the year. And yes, you know, we probably you know didn't start off. I mean, I do that often with a lot of people. I don't start off so well with, but. Over the time, we've got to know each other, and I think we're good uh, friends, super coach-wise, and it's great to be on the show. Uh, we, had you on my show, and um, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. We both have huge egos, huge personalities, and I think we'll we'll both admit that, and, and they probably clash a bit at times when, obviously, uh, you and I sort of first came onto the scene about 12 months ago, but no, I'm very, very happy we got past it. Hey, for anyone that doesn't know you, I'm sure plenty do, um, how you been this year? How's, how's the start? The rank's hitting 4,100, so... Overall, that's that's. I think that's a, a great start. You and I both know rank means sort of nothing a month in, but to be anywhere in that top three, four percent, you, you'd have to be chuffed with that. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, you know, I think if I'd got a couple of captains right, I would have really done a lot better. The last week was the first one that I got correct. I have been burning trades, <laughs> you know, and I think you, when you get a few things wrong to start the year, you can go aggressive, but you've got to have that, you know, n- knowledge that you're going to have to pull the handbrakes soon enough and start to save them. Um, but look, I'm happy how we're looking to start the year. Yeah, I think I've been pretty good with trades before this week. Um, I've used, f- before I've, I've traded this week, I've used four with one trade boost. Um, that has changed this week and we'll, we'll touch on that uh, in due course. But I think, yeah, we've been okay. Uh, didn't make any, I held off, I think I was ranked 85k after round one. Didn't make any trades heading into round two. Um, round two, I think we ended up at about 35k afterwards, then we pulled the trigger and did the trade boost. We had three, uh, and then we shot up to 1700th. Uh, I looped Nico. I think I looped his 125, and then last week we just did the one trade. I think, um, but yeah, this week we, we've got plethora of options, which which we'll touch on. Um, none more so than the number one most traded person in. 20% of teams have traded him in just this week alone. That doesn't count the guys that have gone early or the ones that went very, very early the week before, but 20% of teams are traded in Talon May. No surprise he's the number one traded option. And for me, mm-hmm. there's, there's no debate here as to who the number one should be. It should be Talon May. 
Absolutely. He's, you know, he's been banging out huge scores. A lot of people have gone early. I even went early last week, but you've got to get him now. It's a lovely matchup too. So get him in. Yeah, I, uh, I was one of the very, very lucky few that went super early. Uh, the first week he was named, I think we were forced to, and um, yeah, it's paid huge dividends. I am surprised at number two. Um, I thought number three in Talatau Cooler would be higher than Sifa Talakai in two. Um, but yep. Sifa locked in. looks like he's locked into that center role. Craig Fitzgibbon has basically come out and said that he wants Sifa somewhere in the 13, doesn't know where. And look, I'm no Sharks analysis, but it looks like... Teague Wilton and Wade Graham will be fighting out for the left um, to our F spot. Britain and Cora locked down the other one. So basically, it'd be a battle between Sivitalakai and Connor Tracy. And I know that I think you have the same opinion as me that Connor Tracy's just got, hey, I'm a utility written all across his head. And that could force Braden Trindle out. So I think this spot for Talakai is pretty safe. It's a bit frustrating, obviously, with the Daily Telegraph today releasing the position up- upgrades for next week. It was annoying that Sifa didn't get that settlement eligibility, but we have been blessed with the guys like Tago and Firma. You can't complain, but it's I don't know. They've they've named someone like a uh, a Josh King as a two R as a two RF slash front row forward because of injuries, but yet they've said Talakai is not going to get it because he hasn't like quote unquote won the spot. Yeah, it's a little bit black and white, and I worried about this in the preseason as to them not sticking with the the, the true rule. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I've I've voiced it in a chat that I'm in there with Sangster. I mean, he's named two games to start in centre wing. That's enough for me. He should be dual, and it's just a balls up. I don't know why they're announcing the ones that are going to get changed over before the end of round five. We see Talakai named today. They could have announced it, and I think he, he fits the criteria um, to get the dual. I think a lot of people will probably bring him in thinking you can slot him down into your centre wing, and he's a beast. Um, I don't know what those numbers are going to look like later on, you know, closer to kickoff, but he's been brought in because he you know, smashed it. He gave um, Gagai an absolute bath last week. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a balls up by the old guys at um, the telly to announce it before, you know, the teams, but you know, it is what it is and people are going to bring him in. Yeah. Considering Jason Tamalolo, I think has played similar game time at prop as to what Talakai has, has in the back row and, and Lolo's gain front row forward status. It's a bit, how you going? Um, but in saying that, though, like, yeah, he really just did boss Dane Gagai um, all game. And the Sharks draw, look, they've got Melbourne next week, but we saw Pangai score 82 points, who's a similar sort of mould of player, just a big, strong ball runner. Um, he scored 82 points with seven offloads against Melbourne, so I don't see why Talakai couldn't. He's playing on the left. He'd be up against Remus Smith on the right. Um, look, a harder challenge if he's up against Justin Ollum, but against Remus Smith and Xavier Coates, I'm uh, not too scared about playing Talakai next week if you owned either. And then after that, I think it's like uh, the Broncos, the Warriors, the Tigers this week. Like the, there's a plethora of good matchups for the Sharks and Talakai. Uh, if he continues the form, us long-term super coaches know what a beast he is. And I made it no secret that I think he could be a 70-point average kind of guy if he got consistent game time. But he, the problem is he's never sort of had that in recent years. Yeah, I mean, you've got to. If you're going to do this, you're going to say the pros. He's got a minus 36 be. He has been named to start in the center wing, and. You know, but it, it's, it is going to be a risk because yeah. we do know the Tracy's in that background and it's not a guarantee that he's not going to come and take that spot back in which place, you know, Talakai is going to go back to the bench. But at the moment, it looks good. Yeah. Nice negative break even, um, name to start in the centre wing. So I don't have any problem with it. And I don't see why you'd break up a winning formula. I mean, the Sharks have been playing well um, and t- unless it goes pear-shaped against Melbourne next week and they get absolutely decimated. I think Craig Fitzgibbon would, would take a maybe a 24 to 16 or 24 to 18 loss. And you'd say, you'd say, okay, that's fine. But if it's, 
don't know, 40 nil, then you, you might have to reevaluate. So next week will be the telling factor for us. Uh, as I said, number three, surprise he's not number two, is uh, Tortel Cola, 175k, named at fullback with Turbo out for up to four weeks, or at least four weeks. No real surprise here. Uh, this is the last week that you'll get to see him for free. Uh, and then his price goes up next week. So 175k, negative break even. Manly are not great without Turbo, but still, it's hard to pass up a 175k bloke uh, playing fullback. 100%. I mean, he's going to be someone I rely on this week because I'm I'm rocking Cobo and Billy Smith uh, on the bench. So I know it's going to be a rainy game, they say, but he's 170 and he's played fullback. So I think, you know, he, he's, the B is not uh, a huge negative one. So you, you technically could wait another week if you really wanted to, minus seven, um, because he had that bench game, you know, as his first game. But, you know, you bring him in, I'm going to play him this week because I... I'd rather play him over Cobo. So and Cobo, a touchy subject that we will touch on in due course. Hey, number four, I'm surprised he is coming in by 7.6% of teams. Uh, I felt he should have been owned by 100% of teams in the preseason and repaid the favour for everyone that held. Ryan Pappenhausen, the thing that really striked me is, you know when Turbo was in sort of full flight last year, he was just taking four, front row forward hit-ups five metres out and just trying to crash over. Uh, Pap took one of those and scored um, off a Harry Grant try assist. And to me, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it just shows that like he's got a lot of confidence back and just playing footy on the front foot. And he just looks an absolute weapon. Very similar to the game against the Broncos last year, where what do you have a 120 points at halftime or something like that? And he had like three tries in the space of 15 minutes. Uh, is this the Pap of old? Or is he back to sort of pre-concussion full full force of the confidence? I reckon so. I mean, there was lots of handles from other players in that Melbourne, you know, victory on the weekend, but he was there for every one of them, you know, just looming up. And I think he's outstanding. I don't know why people didn't have him. They might've gone at Teddy and, and Turbo. Yeah. So obviously with Turbo Downs made it an easy decision for people. And I'm a Raiders fan. You can see that on the screen. I really think he is captain material again this week, but um, yeah, it makes sense. If you didn't have him, you bring him in. I can't believe he's 47% owned. Yeah, I, I feel like it, even 47%, that's unders, I feel. It's got to be higher. Um, he was the cheapest out of the three, the premium fullbacks. Um, I had a, a hot take that I felt like he could have challenged Turbo to be the fullback one this year. Uh, it's looking like Turbo is not going to be that, um, at least for the first 10 weeks. He's out for four of them. So, yeah, well, I, I just think, Pap, he's absolute must-have, in my opinion. And I don't use that term lightly, but must-have yep. for, for Ryan Pappenhausen. Number five, I'm torn on this one because Harry Grant, 644K, he's played two games in, what, four weeks. He had the suspension, had the COVID. Owners have not seen a price rise and now everyone can get on at basically the bottom dollar rate. I'm going to be skipping on him because I just don't have 644K to spend at hooker, but it's hard to to say no to anyone that does. He's the best hooker in the game. All us podcasters said that all preseason. No genius take there, uh, but he's just excelling, isn't he? Two games has looked phenomenal in both of them. Hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, I, I agree. I started with him because I got the irrits with um, Hooker last year and I haven't regretted it, even though I, he has had some games out. I was spewing because I was playing Randall, getting the low scores. And then last week I don't play Randall and he gets a good score. But Grant is an absolute weapon. And if you're someone that just wants to put a guy in there and you don't have to worry about him for the rest of the year, apart from maybe injury, you know, he's, he's the guy. I just think, you know, yeah, if, you, if you're making plans for clearies and stuff like that, maybe you, I don't know, I don't know if you want to fork it out. Maybe you stick to your plans, but he's a gun hooker. He's going to be the number one hooker this year. So, you know, I get it. Can you understand paying 
80k less for Damien Cook, who's had, I think, scores of 71 and 69 in back-to-back games? Or would you just fork out the extra 80k or whatever it is just to get Grant for that maybe 80-point game that he's got in him? Well, I mean, if I was buying now and I didn't have either of them, I'd be tempted to go with Cook as soon as I look at that South upcoming draw. Yeah. I, th- I like what I've seen from um, Cook and his running game. And, and that's the thing that he has that Harry Grant doesn't have. You know, he's got a big ceiling. He can go tons. Uh, Cook and, and looking at that South draw, I don't think that you could go wrong. It'd be more of a pod move, wouldn't it? And he, I could see him as a hooker that could outscore Harry. Now, that's what I'm thinking. Just for the 80k that you save and you, you maybe give up five, ten points. Cooks looked good in the last two weeks. Took him a little bit to get into the season. The first two weeks weren't fantastic, uh, but yeah, two scores of around 70 last week is not bad. You're never going to have to worry. Like I know Harry Grant is one, the best hooker in the world, but. There's always that weird concern that Brandon Smith, you know, might take some minutes. You don't think he does, but there's always that sort of thought in the back of your head. I mean, Saliva Havili ain't taking minutes from from Damien Cook, or, or no disrespect to, to Havili, but Cook is the 80-minute guy. He's got a fantastic 13 to work off the back of, and if, if Cody Walker can find some footy on the front foot, then Damien Cook could be a buyer for Harry Grant, but I'm not going to talk anyone out of picking up Grant. Dylan Brown, I started with this guy pre-season. Did you start with, oh. with Dillbags? No, I started with Mad Dog. Um, I haven't been until last week. I wasn't upset with that choice, you know, going Munster. Uh, but look, he has been absolutely sensational. He looks like the form, you know, half or at least five eight easily this year. And when you look at your season, you go, who got it right? Who got it wrong? The people that went brown over, you know, a lot of the other options we were thinking about got it right. And he's going to go upwards, you know, 800K. Yeah, over the next coming weeks. It was a brilliant move by people who went there and, and he just looks sensational every time he touches the ball. And the Eels look great. Yeah, the, the Eels look really good. We, we, know, we know the Eels look good in the first half of the season. I um, I just, when he came onto the scene, what, two years ago, and there was reports that he wanted a million bucks a year, he was good, but I didn't see it, but you're starting to see it now in in full flight. Um, The the thing with, with Dylan Brand is just the, the improvement on his running game, just taking the line on way more, He's he's just a big body. He's not a dominant half, but he's just a big body that can that's got a bit of pace about him as well. That can just really break teams open and and look if he keeps it up, he's going to be seven hundred and fifty k in a matter of weeks. And and for an investment of mid four hundreds, then that's really really good cash gen. Are you looking at picking him up this week? Is he sort of in your in your plans? Yeah, look, I think I'm feeling like this premium halves is the way to go. I haven't quite got the funds to go up to Cleary, but the way that he's making money with his negative break-even, he's a solid play and he's going to be a moneymaker. He could be my bridge to Cleary. If he doesn't keep it up or he does, I can make a decision between him and Hines. I mean, ideally, I'd love to hold Hines, but at least I get two players to choose between and I'm going to bring him in this week and it's an upgrade of Schneider to him. So that's what I'm doing with my team. Um, you know, it's a nice negative break. If he's going to continue making money and the bridge to Cleary is going to be next to nothing if that's what I want to do. Yeah, the thing that really enticed me about Dylan Brown in the preseason was just how bad he was last year and still averaged 52 with like three or four attacking outputs. Like he had no try assists or anything. So mm-hmm. I just I just thought yeah. in the preseason, like if he can just find the, the, the promise that we thought he had a base of, what, 40 thereabouts, a floor of 40. Who knows what he can be? And, and, yeah, it's worked out well. Hey, I was panicking after round one when they had Jacob Arthurs on the bench and <laughs> there was an injury. He got moved to center, and I was like, oh, God, yeah. is this going to be some kind of, like, weird Jacob Arthur rotation? But we held held firm and, thankfully, yeah, paid paid dividends. Two fantastic scores in, in back-to-back weeks and pretty good matchup yeah. until round nine or ten, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the reason I bring him in because you kind of look at these players that you absolutely, you know, loathe watching. And, and I've been up against these guys in head-to-heads that have just rolled me, you know, because of Dylan Brown. You know, so get him in. Yeah, I was in our, our Podmasters League. I, I think I was 80 points behind um, heading into the last game and it was just Dylan Brown as the unique. And yeah, it's, um, it was nice because he had about 80 points after 20 minutes. So it just it kind of sealed, sealed the win there. Um, number well, seven. I, had, I basically had a buy because I was playing Sangster. <laughs> beat, him, beat him by nearly 400 points. Bang, bang. Hey, I've never really got my finger ever right on Joseph Manu. Just in the last three or four years, I feel like I've got on when it, when he's been cold and I haven't been on when he's hot. He's playing this like roaming role, this this turbo origin role, and, and he's looking really good. And he looked really good last week. And the Roosters draw is just, it opens up phenomenally. Can we get behind picking him up as, as a sort of a premium center wing at what five hundred and sixty five k? Yeah, look, I'm I've got this as a I'm on the fence because I think that there's probably guys that I prefer. Me personally, I've looked at that South draw and I like Campbell Graham this year. I think he's really come on leaps and bounds, and I love um, Tupu. You know, who's been scoring fantastically well. He's very consistent. Um, you know, you, if you're prepared to you know, take those low ones from Manu. He's even got a couple of those this year. If you look at his success rate in the four games, it's not as good as someone like um, Stephen Crichton who had the goal kicks and it's not as good as, um, you know, Zach, uh, Zach So Yeah, Zach, well, Zach so that's right. Shout, yeah, yeah, So there's some guys that have a better success rate consistently, but Manu, he can go tons on his day. So yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't loathe anyone's you know, choice if they want to go Manu, but you got to be prepared to have those games where he doesn't roam or they have in a bit of an arm wrestle and he won't, you know, get, you know, big scores. He'll get a 30. So you, know, you, so you, don't, you don't recommend owning Viliami Kikau and Joseph Manu in your sides because you, can, <laughs> you could go for 250 points one week or you could go for about 60 the next. Yeah. And it all average out probably. Okay. But if you want somebody that you can just lock in, I mean, I've, I know, people that I t- talk to in chat groups that have had Tupu and they just, they love him and they're just happy with everything he's done. He's been, you know, the last three scores have been 70 plus or something. So, I mean, I, I have a preference, but you know, he, he, he turned up last week and that's why people are chasing him, you know, but just be prepared this week that it may not be a ton. It is a pretty good matchup for him though. So, you know, weirder yeah. things have happened. I'm currently ranked inside the top 500, so I've obviously had a couple of things go right for me, and, and starting with Daniel Tupo was, was was one of them. Um, a lot of eyebrows raised in the preseason, but yeah, just uh, say 40 points and what goes over for 80 when he, when he does score it on the on the left wing of the Roosters, it's pretty good real estate. So I understand my my thought process was just I want the consistency of Tupo, um, but Manu definitely has the highest ceiling, and it's just a case of how you want to play the game. If you want to go for those high scores, then Manu was your guy. If you want to sort of tr- trot along, then I think Tupo is, is there, but... You can't talk down either of them. What are your thoughts on running Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses at sort of the halves together? Is that too much to to, to jump in on, or, or would you just go one of them else? Because Mitchell Moses is the eighth most traded in player this week, and he's traded in by 2.6% of owners. Had a phenomenal game. We know his record against bottom eight sides, and Paris draw is still fantastic until round 10. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Um, it's just, who are you trading? You know, you're getting rid of a Sam Walker, who's, you know, got a, got a nice sort of run of games coming up. Uh, and that's the thing with Moses is, you know, it's an 89, it's a 41, it's a 53, and it's the 144. So, yeah, it's a bit of the Manus about it as well. It's either going to be a fan, it's a ripping score, it's going to be a medium. And, and But I, he's got the negative break even. And, um, you know, that's my only question is who are you trading to get to him? If you're upgrading, go for it. You know, I don't think there's any problem. They both really seem to be complementing each other. They found that nice, happy rhythm this year. So, um 
everybody's thinking is what's my bridge to Cleary or, you know, to, to, to upgrade. And I think Moses is a good one, you know, to get you there if that's what you're aiming for. Yeah, look, I'm, I've had some controversial opinions on Sam Walker. I feel like if you own Sam Walker, he's not the sell to, to Mitch Moses. For me, Sam Walker is a sell to one person and one person only, and we'll touch on that. But if you own someone like a Jackson Hastings or you've got the cash in the bank from someone like an Ilias, um, I can definitely get behind upgrading to Moses because he's going to have that monster squinty rolling average for the next two, three weeks. Um, so I don't hate it, but yeah, just be prepared for the, for the highs and lows. Um, that's why I do prefer deal bags because we've we've seen that he can go just as big as, as Moses, uh, but also have that better floor. Uh, number nine, he was one of the most traded in last week. He's still in the top 10 this week, both for more. Uh, a lot of people would reverse their trades last week, and I'm, I'm sure the ones that are bringing him in this week were the ones that planned to bring him in last week. Still got that minus 26 break even. Uh, looks really good next to AJ. Interesting to see what happens when he's back. Does Kevin Proctor, or not Kevin Proctor, but does Fafita go back to the to the right edge where Proctor played, and does Fermi go back to the left where it was working well? Um, or do they keep Fafita on the left? Either or. I'm not too fussed. Firma is a a 40 or an 80 kind of guy, but still with a minus 27 break even to RF center wing, 440k. There's still plenty of cash to be milked out of him before you, um, yeah, you sell him on. Yep, I agree. I started with him this year. I just wanted something that I could get a you know a base of 50 in the in the center wing if I need it. Um, and he's that he's got that handy jewel, um, nice negative break even. I think he will go back to the left. It's not like Fafita did anything that commands a left spot, you know, this week. Uh, and, I, and I thought for Firma looked great on the left. I don't, I don't think he'd be bad on the right either. But I understand why people are bringing him in. You're getting scores from Cobo and you're losing Billy Smith for weeks and Amon starting on the bench getting minus one. So, you know, you want to lock in a... Uh, a firmall that he's got money to make as well. So, yep. And he's a solid play. You know, I think as well in most every game or pretty playing in every game, of course. Um, yeah, I get it. Just on uh, Amone, I am filthy because look, I've been playing super coach for seven years. I didn't even realize that the whole minus, uh, minus score AE thing. I'm filthy because I don't have a moan. I wanted everyone to get punished that, that had to play him. So oh, I am filthy about that. Mate. I play a lot of cashies and there's this, I've got like a nemesis in these cashies. It's a lady called Bron. Uh, She, you know, had a did not play. She didn't get firmware out of her team. And I was figuring that she was going to get the minus one from a moan. She got the, you know, the JTB 20 something and she beat me by three points. I was really miffed about it. I mean, look, fundamentally, I think if you get an AE, it's a bit of a lottery and yeah, it sucks that it's going to be a minus one, but it's supposed to be the lowest score on your bench, you know, and he played 14 minutes of a game. You know, no, so yeah, it's, it's not like he, came, yeah, he didn't come on for a one or two minute stint. No, he, he was on for a, for a decent while to get minus one. That's that's not that's yeah. not good. Oh, maybe they have to tweak it that the minus does count if they play more than five minutes. Yeah. But you know, it's I was felt very very ripped off. You yeah, know, I never say that to Bron, but now if she watches this, you know, there you go, Bron. I'm dirty on it. When I found out at about twelve o'clock on Monday, I was I was perplexed and and a little bit filthy because look, I still had a great week, but I could have had a better week if people got stung with the moan. Um, I tell you what, I slammed Xavier Coates all preseason from day one. From day one till about th- the Sunday before kickoff, I slammed Xavier Coates, and then somehow he found his way into my side. And I'll tell you what, I have not been disappointed. Oh man, I slammed him as well. So there's, you know, you're going to get teens out of him and get ready for teens. He'll score some tries, but he's been, you know, scoring tries. He's he scored well in every game, really. 45's acceptable, 60, 87. I, I still think that there's going to be a score in the teens if there's not a lot of tries there. But 
I mean, he's one of those ones that you got right. I mean, I'm looking at things that I can do this week, um, and he's certainly one that comes into my you know thinking. Uh, he's been a good purchase for people. I know that big Tim Williams from the playbook was huge on him, and I was against it. But, you know, there you go. You, he goes to that better system, and there's a lot more tries on offer, um, you know, and I think he's looking pretty good. I um when he took that intercept and I saw him running, I saw Addo Carr chase him down and I was like, Oh god. But then I forgot that that Xavier Coates is also very quick. Um but look mate, uh, you're right though, because I think at about thirty five minutes he had forty five points and that was after the try with the line breaks. So I'm like, Oh god, if he doesn't score any more attacking stats here, we're in trouble. Uh, but thankfully, yeah, piled on piled on some junk at the end and, and got up to around that eighty five, ninety mark. So you can't be too upset with that, but yeah, it's, it's the Alex Johnson syndrome, isn't it? Like, this attack is going to dry up eventually, and we just have to work out when we're jumping off, and hopefully it's not anytime soon, because he's a play for me until we can uh, get a Lomax or a Campbell Graham or someone like that uh, moving forward. But that's going to round out the top 10 most bought. Uh, I think we're in agreement with a lot of them, especially Talame. Like, he is the buy of the week. I would also have Cooler above Talakai, um, but sort of each to their own. It's I think it's it's nine percent to eight percent, so it's it's splitting hairs there between coaches. But the top three, I'm happy with Talakai. Probably the biggest punt if we can if we can dodge this Tracy thing, but there is definitely upside there. Um, yep, mate. Number one on the most solid list. He was hooked. He had a minus one after 15 minutes. We've touched on him already. Uh, Talatown Moan, 264 k. He's lost 20 k already. Uh, we all had high hopes for him in the preseason. I was pumping his tires up dramatically, and somehow he didn't find his way into my side. It seems like the guys that I talked crap on and somehow found their way into my sides, and the guys I was highs on but somehow didn't get them in, has worked out well, but this experiment hasn't worked well. And I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like a Jaden Sullivan potentially come in soon enough and, and take that spot from Amon. Yeah, absolutely. But he's got the B of 68 this week, so he's going to start losing money. If he's how on that you, bench. How do you have a B of 68 when you're 200? Three two hundred and sixty k. That's um that's similar to Jai Mamasia, and he's he's lost money at two hundred k, and so is um Trent Lola here. I don't, I don't know how it's possible. Yeah, so I mean, look, when you've got options this week like May and and Cooler, if you don't know one of them, bank yourself a hundred k. You know, well, not not with May, but that's sideways from someone like Amon to May, who you can play, yeah. and he's in a soft as matchup. So I don't get if you know if you selling him, you you got you're on the right track. Get rid of him. Sold, I'm getting rid of him. Sold by nine percent of coaches. Like I, I have to agree with this. Number two, it's hard to say. I, I wasn't an owner, and I hate watching him play because he's owned by bloody half the sides in the comp. But every time Katani Staggs gets the ball, he looks so, so lethal. But the problem is he gets the ball about four times a game, and it's just not enough for a guy of his stature. Um, the draw turns really ugly. They play, I think, four top four sides in the next month or so, and it's just it's not great. 383K, you've lost 50K on Katani Staggs. 50K, you just got to cut your losses and move on, especially when there's other guys cheaper. You can probably move to a firmer if you bank some cash, or you can just move down to a May um, or a Cool and free up a lot more money. Yep, 100%. I mean, you can't keep saying you know, almost on, on some of these players. And he just, the Broncos are not looking great. You know, they had to look great for the first couple of games. And we thought that maybe they might've turned a corner, but it's not going to be the case. And I think that Stags will, you know, get some good scores. He will, but it's just not there for the, for the, for him at the moment. And you can go across, you know, I said to Coates or, or May or Furmore, if you want to just have some surety of scoring in your set of wing, yeah, you, yeah, get off him. A base plus power of about 85 last year when he played 80-minute games was just too too much to pass up for when it came to Dev Fafita uh, for our pre-round sort of round one sides. 
Now, 3.8% of coaches have pulled the pin. Uh, just, just a disclaimer before we get into my trades, I am also part of the 3.8%. We've lost 72k on David Fafita. Teams are just double and triple teaming him the minute he gets the ball and it's just one's going low, one's going high, the offloads aren't there, the tackle busts aren't there, the attack just isn't there. I've held on to him for as long as I can, mate. I keep telling myself that, like, it's going to come good. He had the Tigers last week. He's going to go good then. But it's just, you've got to cut ties. I don't know if you have to cut ties. I think it's a bit of a luxury trade for Fafita. But I'm thankful to be in a luxury position to do this. But are you on board with the Fafita sale or is it more of a case-by-case situation? Yeah, I really think you've got to think about what what do you need for your team. If it gets you a purchase that you need to get, you know, he's... He's a sell, but it is definitely a luxury because he's not scoring terribly. He's not covering his price tag, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, for me this week, it's I could sell for feeder and get every, everyone that I want, you know, or I'm going to, I could get the same if I sell Homoli. Now, I worry about Manly with no turbo in there. Um, and I could, you know, I've just got to decide do I want to get, get rid of Fafita or, or just hold him and hope that he goes over for a try soon enough, which Homoli has in him as well. But, um, yeah, I can get why people are selling him because it's been underwhelming for what we think um, he's going to do. Minus 286K, and if it wasn't for a medial tear, that would have plummeted. Turbo, under a million bucks, fourth most sold player this week, 3.7%. This probably partly due to, to performance, but definitely down to the four-week uh, medial strain or medial tear that he's had. I'm looking at this nearly 300K price drop in two cycles. That is monstrous, and... Hopefully he comes back slow and we pick him up for 650k in about 10 weeks' time. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You've got to sell him. It's too long. And the money that he's got is 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 across to Cleary. I mean, if I was a turbo owner, Cleary would be in my team this Very week. Very simple trade. Captain him. Uh, so, yeah, look, you've got to get rid of him. It's, it's four weeks, and I think that that's probably best-case scenario. I saw the NRL physio say, you know, there's a possibility it could be even six or more. Yeah. Um, hopefully you get Turbo down the track, and he's still got that BE 155. So, you know, hopefully you, know, you can get him later in the year. But, yeah, it makes sense to sell him. Just not looking like not looking like anything of the Turbo of old last, like last year. Ha- had glimpses last week, but... Downgraded to 87. 87 is fantastic, but when you're paying over a million bucks, 87 is nothing. And yeah, it's it sucks because I think if you held this long, you were in it for the long haul. Um, if you were happy to lose the 300k, you just you had to sit tight. But now your hand is forced with injury, and it's just it's awful because you've lost the money. I've always I've always said you don't lose money unless you have to sell. Now you've got to sell, and, you, and you've just got to take the minus 300k, which is not ideal. Like if you're a Fafita and a Cleary and a Fafita and like a um, and a turbo owner there's like 360k gone in just one week of trade. So not ideal. You'll yeah. rebuild. May, Tago, they'll get it back for you. But yeah, you're on the back foot. Um, look, if we're selling Tony Staggs, the man outside of him, 282k, he's lost 37k. Selwyn Cobbo, the exact same principles apply for um, Staggs. I mean, the draw just dries up dramatically. They're not getting the ball. Uh, Broncos just look not great. I... It, I can understand holding Cobbo. Um, I think Tony Staggs is a sell no matter what. But I think you can hold Cobbo if you if you went early on main, you've already got May in. You could probably hold Cobbo or you can just probably just take him down to cooler and bank 100K. Yeah, I mean, every time that Staggs gets the ball, he just runs. He doesn't pass. So Cobbo is just catching a cold out there. And Cobbo makes a bunch of mistakes. He doesn't go for runs. He's I've just got down that he's hopeless. He's hopeless. On the wing, you know, it's no good. And I'm going to have to hold him because Amon's a more pressing um, sell, you know, with the with the higher BE. Um, and, you know, 
he's coming off the bench. So I'm going to hold Cobo this week. I have to, but I'm not going to play him. Can't play him with any confidence. I'll play cooler before I'll play him. So um, I understand that people are just, you know, 22. You know, it's just no good in your center wing. You can't you can't get 20s. You've got to try to get 50s. So I get it. Do you think Cobo is in this Bronco side in three weeks' time? I think that he is. Um, you know, I think that one thing that they sorely miss is just good yardage out of their own area, Jordan which Pierre. they don't get from Cobo. Yeah, Jordan Pereira. Um, over the other side, they're using Corey Oates. He's been um, fine, I feel. He's been fine. Like, he hasn't done anything yeah, wrong. Yeah, and Farnworth, is, they're taking the tough runs out of the area, but they're getting nothing from Stags and Cobo out there. And there's a chance, maybe they say, give him some Reggie's time. But look, he's not worth a lot of money. He's 280K. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you're not going to... I mean, if you go, haven't got a May or you haven't got a Cooler, you could use him for that. God, if Herbie Farnworth was 100, 100K cheaper, I would be all over him. But he's, what, what nearly 500K? It's just a gross price. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him drop back to Reggie's for, for a little bit, getting Jordan Pierre in because he's going to, you know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you good yardage, give you a good quick quick play the ball. Um, and yeah, I just think maybe Cobo might not be ready enough for first grade just yet. Also, Tyrell yep. Sloan, young kid, came onto the scene amazing last year. His price at the start of the preseason was bumped up because of two great games against the Cowboys side who had checked out and a Bunnies C-grade side when they rested everyone last round of the season. So people were paying for that those two performances and came out, came out of the gates round one. I think he had a 76, looked really great. I know that Des Creek from the playbook had him and, and he was loving the performances. But since then, it's sort of gone downhill. Dragons' performances have gone downhill. And yeah, it's pretty clear that Hook Griffin doesn't play Supercoach, or if he does, he um, everyone in his league owns Sloan, and he's decided to cut ties after four weeks, not even because he didn't play last week. So three weeks, basically. Yeah, look, uh, I don't agree with it from Hook, but I'm no coach, am I? I mean, he doesn't really get involved a lot, but I just think you got to let these kids find their legs. You know, like Moses Embai at fullback's not any upgrade. What do you mean? He's um, young, promising, hungry Moses Embai. He's he's definitely the future. Yeah, uh, but, you know, so you've got to t- cut ties. You've got to accept that it was a mistake, unfortunately, to start with him this year. Uh, look, you know, he's still got some reasonable value there as well. So you can get him off to someone decent, uh, but that's just the way it is. You have to just, you know, lick your wounds and go, it wasn't a good one to start the year with. i tell you what, after 60 minutes round one, I was over the moon with Ethan Bullimore. I think he was in about 10 points, which was great as a non-owner. It was great to see. And then he busts through, got some junk, and then got up to 60 points, and I was filthy. <laughs> um, but it's been great to see the, the downfall of Ethan Bullimore and the owners of Ethan Bullimore. He's finally been cut from the side. Andrew Davies looks like he's getting minutes, and then Josh Uses just around the corner. Uh, you made a whopping 3.6K on Ethan Bullimore, so fantastic investment there. Not much more really to say with Bullimore, is there? It's just you, it just hasn't worked out. Yeah, no, maybe a lot of people saying a trap and he, he turned out being a trap. He, he's more of a middle than he was an edge. And that was, you know, he was signing his death warrant as soon as he started playing edge. But the thing with him is if you're prioritizing what you need to do this week, he's not essential because he's not even in the starting 17. So he's not an urgent sell, um, but, you know, he's he's a sell. <laughs> what a troll this was from Peter Hicku. Just played the first, what, two rounds like a house on fire. Everyone jumped on round three before the price rise. He's just gone dud, dud, round three, round four. And he's the eighth most sold player this week. You've still made 52K on him, but you, I'm sure a lot of people that made 52K on him didn't have him from round one. They would have got on him at round three when he's, he's done nothing since. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those ones, wasn't it? I got him as well and then sold him the next week. I made a little bit of money, but how does someone peak that quick? Um, look, Nanai, he's the problem because Nanai, he's you know got a little bit of a head 
on him. Now he thinks he's all that in a slice of toast. And every time he gets the ball, he just runs. And there's no passes sort of going out, you know, out that way. Hiku sort of goes and finds his own points. And that's why, I mean, I think it was 40 last week or something. It's not the worst, but there's no more money for him. The BE is up to 62 this week, which he could score on if you're lucky. Um, but you've made a little bit of crumb. And that's the thing. His value is decent enough at 412 for you to get, you know, off to someone else who's going to score better. As an NI owner, by all means, Jer- um, Jeremiah, don't pass. Just keep running. As, as an owner, mate, just, oh. you, you be a hog all you want. Well, he needs it. Otherwise, he's going to score 30. He's, he needs to hog it. He's out, he's, uh, but he's, yeah, he's out of my side next week, by the way. <laughs> I, think, I think it's yeah. peaked. I think it's peaked. Yeah. Uh, um, but with, yeah, with, with Hiku, like, it's just, it's rough. Like, it just shows you. I, sh- I tell you what, though. It shows you how hot that I've been this year. I was tossing up in round three between going Firma and going Nenai, uh, Firma or um, Hiku. And I was 3K short of going Hiku. I was filthy that I had to settle for Firma. And I think he scored 90 that week and Hiku did nothing. And it's just, it's just swings. It's just luck in Supercoach, man. It's, it literally comes yeah. down, to, down to 3K that changes me from maybe being 480th to, I don't know, 5K. Yeah, it's called kissed on the. Hey, I didn't. I you year. you know I did not. I was not kissed last year. I was cursed. So I'm glad that I'm getting some this year. Yeah, I mean you juice some luck when you have a bad year. Um, you know I've I've sort of had some mixed you know luck this year, but not not completely bad luck. But I've you know I got hiku and uh, it didn't work out. But if you dodge it, you take it because that super coach is a harsh old mistress. She'll take from you, you know, uh, more often than not. So when you get a little win, you take it. I had a bet with Brew preseason um, about Hamasai Tabuai Fido's uh, average after the first 10 rounds. I set it at 55 and Brew took the overs. I was very much happy to take the unders. And it looks like that bet has got up for me because he's done nothing in the first four weeks and now he's out for a extended period of time. Hamiso, you've lost 33k on him. He was atta- attempting enough, but I was never convinced on this Cowboys side um, to put up points, which is what you need for, for Hamiso. And now he's out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And he's a sell. Yep, 100%. Yeah, he's in the same mold as Sloan. You know, they've got some attack in them as well, but you get no sort of base out of them at all. So, um, um, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate things. You move on, he's injured. I'll tell you what, after round three, Appy Coruscant was like in the top three most bought, and same with with Hiku, and now he's now he's 10th in the most sold list. I'm assuming a lot of people were just moving. They're, they're taking the cash grab, albeit 30K at, at his peak, and moving him on to Grant. I was never convinced on Appy. Um and yeah, just hasn't delivered the last sort of two weeks or so. Did well the first couple of weeks, but clearly back. You'd expect that takes takes a lot of attacking touches out of uh, Coruscant's hands. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Abby does well the less stars there are in the team. As soon as the stars come back, it's down to you know what you've seen the last two weeks thirty two forty three. Um, you know, you get get yourself a couple of dollars and get up to Cook or Grant. Um, yeah, you know, no worries. 
Now, we skipped a segment. Normally, I'd introduce with the, the big teamless talking points, but basically in those top 10 buy and sell, we sort of covered them. I, I had Cooler was named at fullback, which is a big tick. Uh, Tua Luggy escapes that injury. He was on fire. I didn't play him last week because I was worried about his minutes from COVID. Um, and after halftime, I think he had what, 29 points, and I was like, oh, crap. Like what, Cooler could be on for 60 here, and I haven't played him, um, but did have that knock and didn't play the second half. But looks like he's escaped injury. Are you yeah. are you forced to play to a luggy, or if, if you had the luxury of picking your reserves, would you pick him regardless? Because I'm in this situation, like I I haven't picked him at the moment, but I'm tempted to play him just based off that first half last week. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's a it's a hard one with him because he looks like he's got a super coach friendly game and he scores quite well when he's out there. Um, I'm not in love with Garner on the bench and, and minutes. I mean, I know well. it's got to be better than 40 minutes last week, surely, but. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm going to try not to play him this week. I would. I'm going to play Ilias ahead of him. Ooh, I think it's a good matchup, spicy. I and like I think that. you know. I like. I like Ilias for the way he's improving. Um, so look, it's going to be about your team. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if you play him, and hopefully, you know, he gets sixty plus minutes because I think in sixty minutes he'll score you fifty. Yeah, and you'll be you'll be all right. I'm looking at Chris Randall, who I'm not convinced on. I think last week was a bit of a trap um, because he had to play bigger minutes. Um, so it's basically my, my last reserves between Randall, Nanai, Tuolagi, or Ilias, as you said. So I, could, I might go the sneaky Ilias route as well. I didn't actually think of him. But yeah, looks came into his own a little bit last week, so he could be a play. Uh, I also had Frizzell named with a bunch of question marks here. Who knows what's going to happen with this? He reportedly had an injury, but it looks like he's he's drank some pickle juice and, and, and overcome oh. it. But if you're a Johan Mamasea fan uh, owner, you've got to be filthy. Yeah, you're not. A, there's no Moimosia fans <laughs> because he's been absolutely wretched with the minutes. He was. I mean, when he was on there last week for just a little bit of minutes, he he was doing okay. Uh, we were hoping he was going to start in the second row forward and we could get get him kick started for the year. Uh, look, I'd keep you. I mean, that's the thing. You know, if he's a late outer Moimosia starts, he could be an option to play this week as well. I mean, I think that that game they reckon it's going to be a hundred mils of rain. So Jesus. maybe it's not a wise idea and maybe not with Randall as well. I mean, last week he did play, you know, bigger minutes. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case this week. And if he starts getting sixties every week, then maybe you can think about him as a bench reserve, but there's only been one reasonable score out of him really all yeah. year. So I won't be putting an R on him this week. He's um he's bought himself a bit more time in people's sides though because we've got that sixty something now and he's averaged for another two or three weeks so he's he's brought, brought himself some some time but yeah I'm not too sure if he's a reliable R option. Uh, Scott Drinkwater at four hundred and seventy five k gets not at fullback just a, a crap price to look at. Um, I wasn't keen on Hamiso's price at four hundred k so I'm definitely not keen on Drinkwater's price at four seventy. But do you think he improves Cowboy side at all? Uh, I do personally. I just that's the thing. He's sort of a fleety type player, you know. He seems to get dropped out of the team because it's not consistent. Uh, but he has these games where he's absolutely bloody outstanding. So, um, look, I think he'll come in hungry, and you know, I, I I don't know. I think he'll come in hungry, and I think he might um, improve. He's got obviously better ball play, um, you know, than Hammer. So, you know, I'm interested to have a look at him. I mean, the Raiders could use him. I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Get yeah, him in there and put de- him definitely. Give me the halves. <laughs> oh, dr- drinking in white, and that'd be that could be anything. That could be a disaster. That could be a gold, a gold mine. I put um, him there instead of. I put him there instead of white. Oh, white uh, oh, that, that, actually, yeah, white. White that end could be juicy, better than um, better than whitehead. Um, yeah. That's and the, the last talking point. I've already mentioned it, but Hook Griffin clearly doesn't play super coach, or if he does. Um, he's up against a, f- a fair few of his sides weekly, week out because he's dropped, uh, he's dropped Sloan and Amon to the bench. I'm pretty sure, uh, and by 
at one. Bird at six. Jack the Felon playing in the back row with Tarek Sims and, and Sua. Like, it's... I don't know. People were tipping the Dragons to, to have an improvement. I was never sold. I'd never liked to recruit. I thought it was just a bunch of old blokes getting one, one last paycheck that... I mean, old blokes that wouldn't really even help the culture. You, you can understand the Dolphins signing the Bromwich boys and Confuci because they've been there, done it. They've good, wise heads to have. But, like, Aaron Woods and... I don't know, the likes, Francis Molo, they just never really excited me, Moses Zambai and the Dragons, they're just all over the shop. Yeah, I mean, you can see these coaches that are not doing well and they're making mass changes and it's changes all the time. You look at the teams that are doing well, the Storm, no changes, you know, the Sharks, no changes, you know, so... Well, the Raiders, no changes. They're an, ex- Great <laughs> an side. exception. Top, to the top rule. four side. Um, but, you know, there's this panic in there. I mean, personally, I think if he had just stuck with Sloan and Amon, Monet, they would have got better mid-season and started to get the handle on things. I don't exclusively hate Jack Bird at, at six, um, but I'm not a big fan of M by you know, fullback. Um, and I just think that they're, you know, it's panic coaching because they're not getting the wins. Just um, just a bit off topic and a bit off the run sheet. How disappointing has Jack Bird been? Look, I think he averaged 65 in the back row last year. And mate, with the amount of tries he scored in the first four weeks, you thought he would have been averaging close to 80, but he's just been, uh yeah, I mean, and that's it. It's it's sort of, you know, it's meat and potato-y type scores, isn't it? And, um, you know, I, I think it could be worse. You could have got some that were went wrong, um, but you were definitely better off going someone like Furmore, who was a lot cheaper. Um, people who went Katoa, you know, they're not happy about that choice either. So, you know, you might have you might have got Jack Bird and it hasn't been all that bad, you know, compared to, you know, some of the other ones that we grabbed. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. The last two weeks have proven pretty crucial for captains. I mean, if you got on Nico Hines uh, two weeks ago, you were laughing. If you got on Pappenhausen, you were seeing green arrows all the way to the bank. I've got a spicy one, and Pappenhausen does not feature in my captaincy this week. Mm. Yeah, well, that's surprising. I mean, I am a Raiders fan. You know, who, which team ran Tommy Turbo into form and nearly a ton this this year? Yeah, true, the Raiders. true. But like um, a, a warm mudgy compared to a nice, crispy, chilly day in Canberra. It's not being played in Canberra. Oh, isn't it? Oh, okay, um, we're putting Pat back uh, in then. <laughs> yeah, it's not being played in Canberra. Um, it's one of those games that take away. I don't know exactly where it is. Um, but look, show. I think that Paps is a strong choice for captain again this week. Um, you know, or, you know, with some of the people that you've got as an option later, you're, you could you're playing. In, you're playing in Wagga Wagga. What a happening part of the world. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're going to get sm- smacked, you know, by the by the storm. We've made no changes um, at the Raiders, so look, I don't I don't mind him. Um, I've said, you know, you could do something like a Teddy VC into a Hines, or you could do a Paps into Hines. Yeah, I'll, um, but I'll rephrase what, what what I said. I have Teddy above Paps. I still think Paps is an okay play, but I have Teddy above him in the fullback ranks when it comes to VC this week against the Broncos. <laughs> Broncos are yeah. in turmoil. Their players are punching each other in the head. Kevin Walters is just looking older and older by the week. And yeah, I just, it's hard to pass up Teddy after the, like, the performance the Roosters put on last week. You just think it, it gets better and better from there. And I have him as a play as VC over. Um, uh, sorry, are we both in agreement that Hines is the standout captain option this week? Yeah, I think uh, he's going to be my captain, most likely. Um, I'll decide, obviously, between Paps and, and Teddy. I just, after what I saw from Paps last week, and I think that they're going to put on points. And if there's points... I think the Pats scores well. Um, Teddy, I'd love to just see what's Teddy's top score this year. Uh, uh, probably 80. what he got last week, so like eighty-seven yeah. or something, eight ninety. Yeah, so I mean, I think they're warming up though the Chooks. Um, so I, I totally get it. Um, you know, if 
I put a little side note here is that if I had Cleary, he'd be my captain, 100%. I have Cleary. Well, after this week, I do. I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know if I can, if I can but like... I don't, you've got to be courageous in Supercoach sometimes. I think he's going to... I mean, look, last week it was sort of a mild old come, you know, re-entry to the game. But this in this matchup, you saw what Melbourne did to him. Penrith are humming along. There's going to be points again this week, you know. Yeah. So I, I just think he's going to... I mean, it was 35 and he looked pretty average last week. So you know, I reckon you can triple that this week easily. Um, if I had if I had Cleary, I'd captain Cleary, no question. Um, look, Hines is coming off a bad score um, last week and it wasn't exactly the best conditions, but, you know, Hines or Cleary, I just, he's tied and tested and I think he could get 40 points. That's the reason why I went Paps last week because I was like, there's 30 points in goals and, you know, there's going to be 30 points in goals for Cleary as well. So he scored last week in goals and all he needs to do is just have a game under his belt to get back to Cleary ways. Um, yeah, it'll be, I don't know, mate. Did you, probably... did, did you see Cleary kicking him last week? He, he did not look good. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was looked as, well, look, he's practicing. I'm sure this he looked week. as good as Tedesco. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Teddy. Fuck, How bad was he? <laughs> <Shocking>. <laughs> I, I'd kick a better goal than, oh, than him and I'm old and fat. Um, look, I think I'm going to probably go Paps into a Heinz or, you know, I could go, um, you know, a real tricky one and go Paps into a Taylor May for some tries. Cause I think they're going to be tries. Maybe he gets a three trier again. Um, but yeah, I think I'll probably just go the standard, you know, what I think, I think he'll be the highest VC this week after what he did last week. If you want to, if you want to so. go super pod, Latrell VC against the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You might as well have a have a dash with your VC. You know, it's got to be something really good if you're like a Moomasier owner like me. You've got to be get something ripping. So go with someone who's got an enormous ceiling. They can absolutely tear heads. So uh, I get it. SJVC as well against the Cowboys. That that doesn't seem too far. You, you want to if you're going to take a punt, you take a punt with your VC. You don't take a punt with your captaincy. And that's why I'm I'm <laughs> I'm scared of going Cleary because I've got this like good rig and I just want to like hold on to it with all I've got. Do I just go with the crowd? And go average, with Pines. Hundred. He averaged a hundred last year. You yeah, know, no, he's had his first game back after 140, a and he's done nothing. Mass- <laughs> he had a massive shoulder injury. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. They play a different type of role. I mean, Cleary is one of those accumulators. So if what we see from Hines this year in this style of game, he's an accumulator of points and he kicks goals. The, he's like the poor man's Cleary. And I think that Cleary's going to come out. Oh, I'm going to – that can be one of my hot takes. Right, I think that right. Cleary will get above 130 this week. I um so basically I've written down here Heinz C versus Tigers I think that is the standard option for me just just in general like that is that is the because not many people own Cleary I think the the, the most popular captain option is Heinz and, and it's for good reason um, I've got Teddy VC over Pap and then I put in brackets fight me because I think that's going to get um, a bit of <laughs> bit of controversy considering he's come off the back of 190 and then I, I also I did have Cleary could be a, a huge pod play and you talk me into it so oh god. Um, <laughs> hey, let's let's get onto our hot takes. Um, as the guest, man, I'll let you I'll let you fire away with your with your sort of hot takes, and I'll see if we have any similar. Yeah, all right, beautiful. Um, I was saying it's a it's a pod uh, move uh, for you to grab Cleary early and just throw the C on him straight away. Um, obviously, we know that he's got to play a second game, and then you know you know what you're looking up you're looking at you know for his price but i think it's a pod move to go early i think mikey from the old um super coach experience he's not having a great year so that's his big play this week he's going to grab cleary and i I think he's going to put the captain on him so i think it's a good pod move to do because you imagine that when it gets to game three everybody's going to bring in cleary so if you want to beat the pack that's when you go and do some a pod move 
you know, cause it could be a huge victory. Um, I think this week, one of my hot takes is to take a look at the matchups and think about who you start and sit. Now I would, I'm not going to play Schneider if I own him this week against the uh, Melbourne storm, uh, you know, Tuolagi versus the sharks, you know, might be a better bet. So I think that if you have a look at your sit and, and starts, you know, I think that's something that would be very important this week. Uh, and look, you know, I said, if you if Moima C doesn't start in the second row, you know, you might as well forget about your VC if you're an owner or if you have a moan. Lovely. Um I have Teddy outscore Pappenhausen, as as I said. Like that's just what I'm what I'm going with. Um I'm also going with Latrell to be the top scoring fullback. Um just sort of in general. Um I don't know if we can include Hines there if you want, or I'm including Hines as halfback, but I think Latrell to be the top-scoring fullback, um, and I also have Adam Reynolds under 35 points. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, you want me to give you hot takes on scores? Yeah, or you All can right. do whatever you want. Like, you can do it. Right, I'll, go, I'll scores, go some hot or... takes. On, well, I've already said Cleary for 130, yeah, above 130. I think that um, Fafita is going to get above a ton. I think it's going to come. Oh, We're going to get a ton from Fafita. And I'm going to go Dylan Brown will outscore his, his, his score from last week. Oh, all right. If he does that, I'm seeing big green arrows. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, that'd, be, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be great. Um, mm. let's, uh, let's discuss our, our moves this week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. All right. Sam Walker. I've, I've tried to, I've done what I can. I've tried to, to prop him up week in, week out. I've defended this boy way too much. He's being cut. The Ramsey resurgence have, have ripped up Sam Walker's contract the week before he gets dual status. So that, that is a big disappointment for him. I think his family are, are shocked, and, and I'm very unfortunate to see him on the unemployment line. Uh, David Fafita, also chopped. Uh, we're, just, mm. we're, just, we're ruthless here at the Ramsey resurgence. We, we've got to stay on top. So Fafita, gone. Sean Russell, this is what I want to talk to you about. We'll, we'll, touch, on, we'll touch on that. Um, so from, from right now, it's Sean Russell versus Billy Smith, and we'll touch on that in a second. In, Nathan Cleary. He's just he's coming straight in. Ranked 180, hmm. 183rd, but it's getting him in. Um, people say, what about the price drop? Yep, don't care. Just getting the points in. I've got Hines and Cleary as my halves. We're done for the season there. Barring injury, no trades need to be spent at halfback. We're getting in Seos Tifa Talakai uh, at our back row, the Tefillion for David Fafita. Um, but probably scores the same and uh, has the better upside. And we're also bringing in uh, Tulatau Kula. No really shocks there. So what I want to discuss with you, at the moment, if we open up my Supercoach side, I have traded out Sean Russell. But doing a little bit of thinking before this podcast started, I was against trading Billy Smith because I still think there's some legs in him until Joseph Swally comes back. But if we cut ties with Billy Smith early, we can loop. Now, if we go Sean Russell, we have no loop options because um, I was going to VC um, Tedesco and the only nuff that I would have had is Billy Smith and you obviously can't nuff the same squad. And I, I have I have Vayela as well, but he plays earlier early in the week. But if we trade out Billy Smith and we keep Sean Russell, I think the Roosters played the last game on Saturday and the, and the Eagles played the first game Sunday or something like that. Um, we can drop Xavier Coates and bring in Sean Russell as our loop. Are you? Do you? Would you recommend me trading out um, Sean Russell, who probably isn't going to see the the side again until like he'll he'll come back, and you might get a week or two out of him, and then Seba will come back, um, or they might even just keep Opechik and Blake. Who knows? 
or do we cut ties with Billy Smith, which gives us a chance to loop um, James Dersko if he goes large, or even Ryan Pappenhausen, wherever we go with the BC? Yeah, I always think about the round, and if there's some good matchups, and I think you know I've got a I've got a BC chance here. Um, you know, I, I would be giving myself a chance in some of these matchups this week. You know, Teddy versus the Broncos, Paps versus the Raiders. I, I would try to take a, a punt at the VC in there, and I'd go for it. Um, if it was a round where there was only one great matchup, like last week, I think it was obvious that you should go Paps as the captain. Whereas this week, I think there's a bit, you know, you can go a number of options. So I'm, I think when I'm, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a school of thought to play it safe when you're up near the top and not, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. But I think that giving yourself every chance to score the maximum points and I I don't loop a, a lot, but I'll loop if it's a good score and you just give yourself two bites of the cherry uh, for a good score this week. Now, you say that with uh, Hines playing the Tigers, with Cleary playing the Bulldogs, what are we taking? Is, is 120 just not enough with these great matchups, or are we pushing more to that 150? I, I still think 120, like the points are on the table, and you've got to take them. Um, but I'm curious as to get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had some rough captains. That's why I can't go tell you. I just still got a bad taste in my mouth from getting 30 out of him <laughs> as a captain uh, earlier after, in the year. After the first two weeks, man, I was taking 75, 80. I said on the podcast, hey, if my VC gets 80, I'm taking that. Yeah. I said that, I think, when I put it on a um, for feeder, I was like, I'll take 75. Um, look, I think it's going to be this week at least 120 uh, I'm going to take because obviously Boy Messia, you know, but that he plays the first game, doesn't he? So I'll know what I'm up against. Yeah. Um, which often changes what I'll take. If he goes and scores a 20 or 30, I'm getting rid of a moan this week. And then I've got Cobbo there. So I can expect probably 20 points as my, if I'm, if Moy Messia goes out and scores 20 at least. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking 120. I like points on the board because there's nothing worse than like turning down a, you know, a hundred and then your captain goes out and scores 50. So, um, you know, when everyone's, I can't believe that Hines was 20% captain last week. People just went hard. So, yep, I'll take 120 if, if my VC comes off, uh, unless my MC gets single digits. Fair enough. So, yeah, just to recap, my trades are Walker, Fafita, Russell, slash Billy Smith, probably leaning towards Billy Smith, for Cleary, Talakai, Kula. Uh, that is seven trades gone in four rounds and two trade boosts done. My, I don't know about you, how you planned your trade boost out, but I tr- I planned them out to be one early, like pre-round three, uh, two over the buys and one for finals and then one for disaster. Um, but yeah, I'm just bombing one to get Cleary in because then, yeah, I bomb off a trade boost, but then I'd lock in my halves basically. Um, if price changes go my way, and I said this to you today um, just on Facebook, that like if price changes go my way and Cody goes relatively quiet, Ilias can go big, uh, and Nanai can go big. Then I think we can go Nanai to Brody Jones, and then we can go Lockie Elias to Cody Walker, and then I'd have a halves combination of Cleary, Hines, Dylan Brown, Cody Walker, fullbacks of Pappy and Teddy, and that's basically my six, seven, and one done until Origin, and then just need to focus on the forwards. But that's me done. We're probably yeah, probably looking at Sam Walker out, Dave Fafita out, and Billy Smith out for Nathan Cleary, CS Talakai, and Tolatel Kula. Uh, how are the, what are you called now? The, the, the Rapanorama. The, the Rapanorama. That's right. I, I couldn't remember if you, if you're the Rapanosaurus. I knew you're something Rapana, but how, how, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you guys doing this week for your trades? Uh, look, I'm going to go this week. I'm going to boost again and I've already boosted. I, I'm burning trades. I went two in round one. 
I boosted in round two. I boosted last. So I'm going to burn a third boost. I'm going to save two for buys and forget about the emergencies. I'll try to just save regular trades. Wait, so you're using you know, a, third, a third boost? I'm using a third, third boost. Look, I if anyone anyone knows me in the way I play Supercoach, I play it aggressively. My goal this year is not to run out of trades. So all, I, all I'm saying to people who ask me questions on all the socials, they're going, oh, I feel so nervous. My team's not right and I've got things yeah. to fix. Should I use it? I say to them, if you feel like you can't, you know, if you can't show some restraint later, if you know that you can show restraint and save trades, regular trades, you know, keep yourself a couple of boosts, you know, in there and save yourself some trades. So I know I can do that. Um, and if I if I go and get my trades that I want to do this week, I think I've set my team up that all I have is Moy Messiah and money makers. Yeah, and, no, that's, and the team, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get something out of it, don't just do it for the sake of doing it and you've got to be prepared to save, you know, so after this week, my intention is to, you know, hopefully no trade next week or one and start banking trades. So I will bank it after this week once I've set up my money um, and, you know, start saving, but I don't mind the going aggressive to start the year because, you know, you want to go up, you want to head in the right direction. So the plays that I'm making this week, I think improve the team, uh, and, you know, I'm going to burn a trade to do it. Cool. So what are those trades? Uh, Hamole is going to, I can't say, Olakotau. Olakotau. Are you cutting ties? I'm cutting ties. Look, he's not Just doing anything terrible. And I can choose between him and Fafida. Um, to sell, but you know, I just like that for feeder ceiling. I know that we haven't seen it this year, but you know, I'm I've got Murray in there, and who's my you know rock solid scorer, and I can have a sort of you know fleety one, and I think Hamole and Fafita are in that same mold. Yep. Um, the main reason why I can go, I'm going to go Hamole is because I can afford to do the trades that I want to do and sell him instead of Fafita. Um, you know, and I do worry a little bit about the Manly team, you know, without Turbo in there. So, yeah, I'm going to cut ties with Hamole. He's averaging 50. You know, that's what Fafita's doing. So they'll probably score about the same. And we just, you know, I'm going to hold Fafita and hope he goes over for a try or two. Do your trades change if, if Turbo is fit? Uh, if the Turbo's fit, I'd be probably happy to hold um, Hamoli. Um, it just seems like this year they're not, you know, using him. I don't know if the elbow. I, I don't know, but it just it's has he scored? He hasn't scored a try, or has he scored a try? It's been fifties, and you know, there's no difference between him and Fafita. He is a hundred or so k cheaper. Um, in one iteration of my trades this week, it was going to be Fafita across to IPAP, and that was someone who. I was I felt very confident selling for feeder to um, iPad, but because I've changed my plan, I want to sell people who I just didn't think I would hold all year. And Homoli was somebody that I was happy to have in my team, but I probably wasn't thinking about him for finish the year. Um, and look for feeder if he gets motivated and they start working out how to use him. Surely the coach is looking at them saying, "We're paying this guy a million dollars and we're not bringing him into the game." Yeah. I'm no coach but he's got to be doing it, surely. They've got to be working, sitting there at a whiteboard going, how do we get Fafita the ball? Playing for 20 minutes at lock, do something. They've got to find a way to get Fafita ball. So, you know, it hasn't been good so far, but I just think that I'm going to keep Fafita because, you know, 11 tons last year. And how many, I mean, how many tries did he score last year? He hasn't scored any this year. No. So I just... Yeah, are you, so are you worried with these, like, obviously the game slowing down, that, like, he just doesn't have the chance to get on the front foot as much? But then again, obviously, it's it's been reported that Philandis wants to go back and see touch footy, so there might be some real <laughs> tinkers. So Fafita could be back on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, he, when you see him, the way, where he's getting the ball, he's flat-footed all the time. Um, 
look, I just, I'm just going to hold him because I just, there's a pedigree that Fafita has for super coach scoring that Hamoli doesn't have. And that's why I've chosen Hamoli instead of Fafita. And it's a hard old watch. Tell me, I'm telling you to, to hold him, but look, you know, when you, if you were talking to yourself at the start of the year, you'd probably say, yeah, I've got Murray and Fafita in my second row forward. Yeah. I'm going to kick butt. Yeah, I, you know? had, so I had, I just... had Crichton and Fafita. If you told me that, I'd be like, oh, we're sweat. We're set oh. for the season. And they're both done after four weeks. Yeah. So look, but that's the thing about Fafita is you're not actually scoring terribly. He's not justifying the price tag. So all it's all we need. I get a feeling like IPAP is scoring 70s and he's going to go over for a try yeah. soon and score 100, you know, and that's the thing. David Fafita's 50s and 60s now doing nothing. All he needs is one boobing run and a try and it's 100, you know. So and then everyone's going, oh, they have a big exhale and they say, you know, because we did say at the top of the show that it's a luxury sell. Yeah. And so I just don't need to sell him. Was- so I'm not going to sell him. He was, he was a blade of grass from scoring 85 last week. He, he took that tap from 10 meters out and was held up only yeah. just, so he could have had 85, and we talk about him very differently. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just prior. So I'm saying that I prefer Fafita to Hamali. Um, so he's out. I want to go to Jones. Um, I know it's early uh, on him, but he's been named to start in the second row. I think he'll get at least 50 minutes, and he'll probably score 45, 50. He's cheap as chips as well, which is the way to go. Um, the only other one that sort of tempted me was um, Hetherington, who's starting at lock there with a sort of long-term injury, injury out there to – who was it, the one that Pat got Carrigan. the old – yeah, Carrigan. So he was slightly tempting to me, um, and so was Cotter, but he's been named on the bench and Lolo at 13. So I'm just going to take a punt on Jones. I don't know if I'll play him, but I think he'll make some money. Um, and he's got a pretty good, you know, run in that team, at least yeah. till um, Barnett's back, so I'm, six weeks. I can hear what people are saying in their cars if they, as they listen to this on playback or they're going to comment in the chat in the live chat that, oh, he scored 35 last week, but it was his first game back from COVID, first game back from injury. Um, he averaged 55 last year when he started, so I'm happy to put the red line through that. And also, um, we have to remember that the first game of a player scoring cycle, um, that's the first one that drops out of a rolling average as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at Brody Jones next week as well. So if you're going early, then, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, it comes without huge risk. He, he should score at least 35, 40 points, so you're not... You know, dead in the water. He's he's around the same sort of risk as Tulag. He probably hasn't got the same. I mean, actually, I don't mind him for eye test as well. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I don't mind going a little bit early. Um, so my next trade is going to be Schneider out. I'm going to choose to hold Ilias instead of Schneider. I know Schneider's got that minus thirty odd BE, um, but I'm going to I'm going to stay on Ilias because I liked what I saw from him last week, and I love. I want a slice of South's team. I think they're coming up to a beautiful run. So I'm going to cut ties with Schneider early because I want to get, you know, some gun halves in. I've got Munster and I've got Hines. I can't afford to get Cleary, but I see, you know, Dylan Brown as my avenue to get to Cleary because of the way that uh, he's scoring uh, and the way that his money's going up. I'm going to bring in Dylan uh, Brown. So I'm going to sell Schneider and, you know, pump Ilias up to uh, reserve halfback. I'm going to bring in Dylan Brown. Um, that's how I'm going to just get, um, use the money I saved from Homoli to Jones. Just get ready for um, the, just get ready for the live chat to flame you for selling Schneider. Uh, because when I told them I was selling Schneider, I got rinsed. I sold Schneider for <laughs> I sold Schneider for for Heinz the week he got 125, and then so I was pretty happy with that. But um, yeah, the reason look, he's got yeah. the nice he's got the nice negative break even. He actually looks like he's got a super coach friendly game. You can see on the screen I'm a Canberra Raiders fan. But look, he's playing Melbourne this week. 
he could get a, a low. I mean, you wouldn't play him confidently this week. And if you have a look at that Canberra draw, there's not going to be heaps of money to make. I don't think for Schneider. And look, you just got to pick. You're going to, you're going to probably want three, if not four, guns in the in the halfback position or in the in the halves. You just got to pick when you cull them, you know, and when you bring in the ones that you want. You know, I can bring in Dylan Brown now. He's got that nice negative break even. So I'd rather have Dylan Brown uh, than Schneider. So, you know, I could sell Elias, but I'm going to, I'm going to bank on that nice draw for South and I'm going to cut ties with him early. Sometimes you do cut ties with them early because it gets you something. And you got to ask that question. Am I getting anything out of cutting ties with Schneider early? I'm getting Dylan Brown. Yeah. And that's, and that's the why, that's why I cut ties. I, I, I didn't even get a price without of Schneider. Um, I cut him in round two. <laughs> I, I cut him in round two and I got Heinz. So the, and that was the thing I had to weigh up. I was like, oh, do I give up 300K or do I just get a season-long keeper? And I, I went for the same route as you. Um, and you said, yeah. you, you said you were boosting as well, mate. So what is the last trade on the agenda? It's going to be a moan out um, to Cooler. Um, I'm going to need to, I mean, I need to boost this week because obviously I was hoping that Billy Smith would be named um, and I don't feel confident playing Cobo. So I'm going to bring in Cooler. Um, he's got the minus five. So it's not essential, but you know, he's named at fullback. He's 170K and I'm going to probably play him ahead of Cobo this week. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the third trade. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Um, you know, not, I'm not happy that I'm burning trades, but I'm happy with those trades. I'm, I'm not going to have to watch Dylan Brown run around and pull my hair out. Looking like the sexiest man in rugby league, Dylan Brown. Uh, mate, yeah. we, for, for, for the audio podcast listeners, uh, we're going to wrap this up. As always, we hang back for 10, 15 minutes after, answer some YouTube live questions. If you want to get involved in that, make sure you head over to the YouTube. Uh, we go live at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday and about 8.30 or 8.15-ish on a Sunday. Um Hopefully, all fingers crossed, Adrian will be joining me most Tuesdays moving forward. Uh, I think he's a very free man on Tuesdays, doesn't do a preview, does more of a recap. So if you've enjoyed Adriana, um, go check him out at SC Adrianosaurus. Um, yeah, some quality, quality stuff there. And yeah, I'm more than happy to promote the work that he does because we have become much closer friends than what we started off with. Uh, mate, for all the podcast listeners, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving me a detailed thoughts, a longer episode than usual, but... Um, you and I, we talk pl- plenty of times and, and we go in quite detail. So I appreciate you jumping on tonight, mate. Pleasure. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to next week. Lovely. All right, guys, uh, you've been listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I have been the coach of the Ramsey Resurgence. Um, yeah, I will, I'll talk to you guys on um, Thursday. For you guys that are tuning in for the live stream, I'll talk to the ones that are listening to the podcast on Sunday and we'll be back, be back with Aman. Thanks, guys. Bye.